our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. Our deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It is our light, not our darkness, that most frightens us. We ask ourselves, who am I to be brilliant, gorgeous, talented, fabulous? Actually, who are you not to be? You are a child of God. Your playing small does not serve the world. There is nothing enlightened about shrinking so that other people won't feel insecure around you. We are all meant to shine, as children do. We were born to make manifest the glory of God that is within us. It is not just in some of us, it's in everyone. And as we let our own light shine, we unconsciously give people permission to do the same. As we are liberated from our own fear, our presence automatically liberates others. Hey guys, welcome back to Our Deepest Fear with your host, Rome Zah or Roman Zerdjanski. However you know me, um, I'm always changing, so it doesn't matter. Today I'm here with a special guest. It's my buddy, my friend that I met in jiu-jitsu years ago at Marcelo Garcia's Academy. He, he's an incredible human being with a really interesting story. He graduated UNLV. He went to Bishop Gorman High School. He grew up in Las Vegas from 73 to 03. And he was born in Colorado, Pueblo, Colorado. He's a three-year Letterman football player under Chuck Pagano, and he started jiu-jitsu in 1998 at Sect Novo Onyao, Las Vegas. He's a bartender and cook in New York City for more than 10 years. He studied charcuterie and lived on a hog farm in Gascony, France. He opened Belcampo Meat Plant in Eureka, California, and he started a gym on his rooftop in Fort Greene for serviced industry friends, and it turned into... The Gun Club, Jim in Brooklyn, Las Vegas, Hudson Valley, and Marfa, Texas. He loves to make delicious food and drinks, and he's also a celebrity trainer. His name is Greg Ramirez. Yeah, dude, I'm so excited to talk to you. It's yo, I cannot believe it. We just keep missing each other, but we're we're on the same we're on the same wavelength, uh, Rome. Yeah, man, uh, man, it's it's so exciting. You know, uh, first of all, like. How did you get into like butchery and how do you say that charcuterie? Char- charcuterie. Charcuterie. How charcuterie. did you get into that, bro? I was uh, I was working at a at a Michelin star restaurant in uh, in New York City as a line cook. I had I had previously been a bartender and I had basically this was my my education at a place called Mineta Tavern and <clears throat> excuse me and I was. Uh, Training jujitsu at uh, everything comes back to jujitsu, bro. Um, I was training jujitsu at, at Alliance on on uh, 13th Street. Um, Fabio Clemente, matter of fact, Lucas Lepre was there when I was there. Babs and uh, oh, dude, I'm gonna get this off on a jujitsu tangent. We're gonna catch that back up another it's time. It's all good. Perfect. Anyway, I, I hurt my hand. I had to have thumb surgery. I had to have a uh, I tore my ulnar in my thumb training and I had to have a pin put in my thumb. And, you know, it was basically just coming in, just, you know, black eyes, fingers taped up. My chef, uh, my two chefs, uh, Riyad Nazar and Lee Hansen, who were just real deal chefs and, and old school chefs, they were just like, whatever they could do to, 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 to move me around so I could just work with one hand. 
So I, I couldn't really be on the line because I was too hardcore. So they put me downstairs with the chef de cuisine, a uh, dude named Bill Brazil, who was basically down there making charcuterie. He was, he was, he had free reign to basically um, use what in the old times would just be the, 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 the leftovers, the leftover scraps and meat cuts. But this guy was getting like primo, everything he needed from the best purveyors in New York City. And he was making some cool stuff. And, you know, I had realized while working with real hardcore line cooks and sous chefs and chefs and, and uh, as much as I loved cooking and learning, you know, techniques to, to, to cook the best that I could, I was never going to be a chef, Rome. I was the dude that when, when I worked, you know, I, I worked at craft cocktail restaurants, uh, uh, bars first, and then it eventually spread to restaurants. But I was the dude that never invented any drinks. I was the dude that knew how to make all the classic drinks the right way. And, and, and that was what I did. I was a robot, dude. And I did the same thing in the kitchen. Like, man, I'd have one day off, I would eat barbecue, and I would drink Coors Lights, and then I would start over the next day. And I didn't have the palate or did I ever have the, the, um, like, I didn't want to make up menus, man. I just want to be a good cook, but I knew that that was going to run its course. And I saw this dude doing this. I was like, man, how do I learn how to do this? And, you know, you could either have gone somewhere, you know, in the United States where somebody had probably been making it maybe at the most for 10 years, or you could go to France where people have been doing it for generations. And so I hooked up with this family in France and it was supposed to be for six weeks, ended up being like almost a year. And I basically did everything on this farm. I learned how to, I learned how to raise hogs the way they raise hogs. They raised all the food on this little 52 hectare uh, farm. And uh, I learned how to make some cool stuff. And I came back from France and I had been living in New York City almost 10 years. I was like, yo, how do I get this life? How do I, now I've lived rural. I've never lived rural before in my life. So now I'm like, how do I get rural? How do I find this? And in reaching out on the internet, I found this meat outfit out of Oakland that was trying to build a, a, a like state-of-the-art sustainable meat plant. I'm like, yo, hey, I'm this, I'm, I'm this dude that's studying charcuterie in France, but I'm coming back and I'm looking for work. And it was, uh, it was, it was, you know, that's how, that's how I went from France to Wairika, which Wairika is the last truck stop bro before Oregon. Like it is right before the Siskiyous in Oregon, a really beautiful, beautiful place. Um, but it wasn't Gascony, France, Rome. But it, it, but at the same time, it was real cool, and I got to, I got to help open that plant even before you know anything had been harvested or or, or done there, and uh, it was a way to come back and 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 use what I was learning in France, but in the time between coming back to, from France and them actually being ready for me to be out in Northern California, and I started this exercise club on my rooftop, basically because my chef friends were not doing anything on this side of the scale. They were doing everything on the other side of the scale. They were working hard, partying hard, resting little and artists. They were, they were beat down and they were like, dude, what are you doing? Why, you know, you're 10 years older than all of us, 15 years older than all of us, who knows? 
And I was like, yo, I exercise. And they're like, we want to do it. So we started at Port Green Park, but it got too, too many, too many, too many people. And it was like, we we're hogging the bars, dude. And, you know, people got to get their work in at those parks. You, you already know this. So we had to move on to my rooftop. And that, in that interim time, I realized, yo, I'm a coach. I'm a coach. And, and while I might have a bunch of different weird skills, like I, I would legit tear up watching one of my friends do something for the first time that they'd never done. They'd never been, you know, nobody ever coached them. Nobody ever took, maybe they were not coordinated as a kid. And then they just lost all interest in sports. But if somebody took the time to like, yo, you can do this. You're, you're an athlete, you know, no matter what. So for me, I, that was always in my, in my situation. So I was even training my friends while I was at Bel Campo. I built out a garage gym and I trained my friends back in New York. And then when that Bel Campo, uh, uh, ran its course. I came straight back to Brooklyn and, and got back to, uh, got back to opening a gym in my apartment, but I would float around kitchen room. Like with the butcher would go out of, out of, like he'd go back to Mexico for five weeks. I could go fill in, you know, and I could make the stuff. And it was bad. It was, man, it was real cool. Like I had a, a special situation. Like I couldn't, you know, all the cool places I cooked in and worked in and all the cool people I met in New York and then jujitsu dude. And then, and then jujitsu. And that's how, dude, I cannot even believe I'm going to just keep talking. Ron. I cannot believe about the clock. We didn't ever know about this clockwork. I, you trained at clockwork. So yeah, that's where I started. Yo dude. So when I started jujitsu, you laughed at the beginning at, at JSEC, my homie, JSEC was the Novi and Yao John Lewis school. That was only one of two schools in the late nineties in Las Vegas. And, uh, JSEC is, is where I started training jujitsu after playing football for three years at UNLV. I wanted to, I, I didn't want to lift weights anymore. Lifting weights was a job in college and I wanted to do something. And, uh, and my dad, my dad was, my dad was being personal trained by Dana White at this gym called strikers unlimited which nick the kick and and dewey the black cobra uh had this just warehouse they used to train fighters at but dana would tra was training my dad like boxing training and nick nick the kick talked about john lewis's jiu-jitsu school like i said i want to learn jiu-jitsu and he said go there so he told me where it was on valley view man you live in vegas rome you're gonna drive down valley view one day and there'll be like the old jsec so for at the beginning jsec was in this warehouse it, it was legit in this warehouse and um the first time i went to go train i didn't realize it was in a warehouse but in the shopping center next door there was this second story building and it said modern martial arts i was like shit this must be the spot so I roll in and I find this guy in a gi and he, I said, look, I'm looking for the jujitsu class. So I was, he's like, uh, is it just you? I was like, yeah, I just, you know, somebody told me about it. He's like, come on in. I've got another guy coming in and it'll be perfect. You guys could be partners. So I was like, all right, man. So in comes this kid, this giant Hulk of a kid with like this floppy curly brown hair and his dad, who's also looked like kind of a jack dude. Well, that was Frank Mir. And it, Frank Mir was a heavyweight wrestling champ at Chaparral wow. High School in Las Vegas. And so Rome, he came in and he just was kind of mopping me up, just literally just wrestling the 
you know, I was a 30 year old dude. I was in good shape, but I didn't know anything about wrestling. This dude just basically just mopped me or just threw me around for about, I don't know, an hour. And then I went back and, and I was like, man, I don't, I don't know. That was, that was rough, but you know, let me, I don't know how it came up, but I was talking to maybe my, my, my girlfriend at the time. And she's like, she's like, are you sure you went to the right place? Cause she knew mm. Nick, she worked at a club with Nick. And she's like, I was like, I don't know. Ask Nick. He's like, tell Nick, I went to this building. He's like, she's like, no, dude, you went to the wrong place. It's in a warehouse. So that next Saturday, I was like, thank God, man, that was terrible. So that next Saturday I went into this, I found the, the warehouse just across the street. There's this little, this little, um, it almost looks like storage units. And there was this place called JSEC. It's at JSEC Novenyal. And I go in, I have my gear. There's a bunch of people. It's a Saturday. And a bunch of people are rolling. And in that class, BJ Penn, JD Penn, and these two, these two brothers, uh, Mark and Scott Beery, they were twins. They were like maybe blue belts, maybe almost purple belts. They were, they were in it. And my first day, all of those dudes smashed me. Every single one of those four dudes roamed, smashed me. Lips where your lips are have that like, almost look like somebody smeared your lipstick, smashed me. And, and But we're cool about it. And I was like, yo, that was it. I'm coming back. And that literally, literally like from there, like Rob Drysdale, Mark Lehman, like all that jujitsu in the late nineties that kind of spilled into, into the two thousands in which layman started Cobra Kai and then, and, and, and I went over and I trained at Cobra Kai with Mark Lehman after that. And it was basically Josh back to back to clockwork, bro. Josh used to roll through. So whenever there was a UFC in town in those days, they were all at the Mandalay or the MGM people would come in. It was like, you know, for, for the event and Josh and Scotty would come in and they everybody would come to roll at uh at cobra Kai, so like everybody like even dudes that weren't fighting like the teams that were coming in like 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 all of those dudes would come roll over there and 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 mayhem was there um it, it was crazy but josh that's how i met josh and then when i got to new york i signed at this health food restaurant at ninth street I was like, yo, dude, I met you in Las Vegas. He's like, yeah, I remember you. He's like, I got this, you know, I'm training at Alliance at the time. Mm -hmm. But like the next time I signed, he was in this, basically was in the 20s, somewhere in the 20s, like fashion yeah, district. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and had this like, little room that I used to go in the mornings before I'd go to the butcher shop. I was working at Pino's Prime Meats on Sullivan Street in the butcher shop for free, bro, for free. And I would go, you know, training was like me and Josh and maybe one other dude. And uh, that's how I met Josh. Josh is a And I've known Josh for a super long time. So, you know, I don't know Clay, but Clay and I, like, missed each other. And, and but, like, definitely, like, when, when I heard about your, your clockwork, I was like, man, Roman, I've always been on this same, this same wavelength. And now that you're out in the desert, my dude. For now, for now. For now, that's fine, dude. That's fine. <laughs> there, it's there, man. The energy of that desert is real. For sure. For sure. Um, actually, you know, it's funny. It's like you started sending me those pictures and you were like, oh, this is a Bel Campo. And like Bel Campo is the only meat that I buy now. Um, they're the only like cuts like of anything that I buy. Like I order all my meat from there outside of Turkey. 
So when you showed me, I was like, oh man, like what a funny, what a funny thing that that's yeah, what you man. did. And, and, and I, and I can actually relate like in Las Vegas, where are you going to buy meat? Like, dude, I'm here in, we're in central Massachusetts right now. And within 20 minutes, any direction, I've got raw milk. I've got, dude, the best. And dude, you're talking about a dude who's worked in, in places with nice meat, the best beef from wow. that I've had maybe ever. And, and I'm buying a lot of it. And in the summer, I was grilling it with all the vegetables from farms, legit, like farms, CSAs from real close. I haven't, when we were in Marfa, Texas, we were isolated. We didn't have produce like this. We didn't have access to this kind of stuff. So now I feel for you, dude. Like I can get that stuff by going to the farm and getting it. Yeah. But the next best thing is getting it to, to, to a place from a place where, where you actually, you know, know that you're getting good quality meat because, you know, that's, that's what you, I was a vegan dude for eight years, bartending in New York city, some long haired vegan dude. And it wasn't because of a cruelty thing. It was because there was, it was all bad meat. And I knew that much. And, and in the late nineties, early two thousands, you couldn't get, you know, meat that was pasture raised or didn't wasn't fed antibiotics so once that started to happen dude it coincided with me going to train at alliance i started eating meat again dude like legit i started training and eating meat almost at the same time again because i had taken a little bit of time off from injuries which has happened my whole life and from my chef being like yo bro you got to make a choice are you gonna have are you gonna be a a, a cook or are you gonna go fight I was like, yo, dude, I'm going to be a cook. So I took some time off. I just had a yeah. thumb surgery. I ended up going to France for almost a year and uh, the, the Belcampo thing. So I had some time off. But when I came back and hooked up with, uh, with Josh and then later with Alliance and then later with Marcelo's dude, and that's where I met you. All right. So I got a crazy story for you. You, you yeah. changed my life in a way, in like a, a big way, in a very short, short moment. So I remember the first time that we trained, uh, we, we went, I think we went like a couple of rounds and then um, you had the Olga tattoo on your hand, I believe is on your hand. Olga? Did it say Olga on yeah, your hand? Yeah. But, yeah. All right. So, and I remember that. And I asked you, I was like, you speak Russian? And you're, you're like, no, it's just like a girl from the past. And I was like, okay. And we started talking and I was vegan at the time. I was probably like two years into uh, being a vegan. So when you're a vegan, you have to make sure you tell everybody you're a vegan. Like that's, that's the rule of being vegan, CrossFit and vegan and jujitsu too, cult, any cult. Like that's what you have to say. Right. So I was like, Oh, I'm a vegan. And you were like, Oh, I used to be a vegan. So check this out. This is where it gets crazy. This was like the first moment where I had like this fucking big explosion in my fucking head. And I was like, I was like, Oh, I'm a vegan. You're like, Oh, I was a vegan for like eight or 10 years. And I was like, what do you mean? You're not a vegan anymore. And you're like, no, I, I eat meat now. And in my head, I was like, what a fucking quitter. And in my head, yes. right, bro, in my yes. head, this is what I heard. I was like, what a fucking quitter. And then there was a second voice. It was like, who the fuck are you to judge anybody? Like, what do you mean he's a quitter? And it was just like this fucking dialogue that started in my head. And that actually started like, um, because I started, it, it, it like cracked the shell of the cult. 
where I was just like, I don't want to be judgmental. That's way less healthy than even eating bad meat is sitting in a space where I was like, fuck this person because they eat meat. Fuck this person because they eat meat. And I was just like, nah, man, like, I don't want to be that person. Like, I, I would rather eat meat and not be that person than fucking be that person. And, um, you know, like I was actually talking about on a different show. It's like my whole life. I thought that like you have to choose whether like you're that or that. Like that's what the world is always like telling me. Like my my fam, like everybody like in my life was just like, I, even when I was in nursing school, they were like, you can't be a nurse and also be a fucking fighter. Cause I would come in after tournaments or after training, fucking black eyes, busted lips, yeah. cauliflower, ringworm, like whatever, you know? And they would be like, you can't do that. You have to choose. And I was like, fuck this, I'm leaving. So I just dropped out of fucking school and started my own academy. But like, I realized recently that like, I am that and that and that and that, and I can be whatever the fuck I want. And it's funny because that's a big theme on this show, whether I realize it or not, is I attract a bunch of other characters that are that and that and that and that. And it just doesn't fit into a fucking box. Today, I want to be vegan. Tomorrow, I want to be fucking paleo or carnivore. Or like the next day I want to be a fucking yogi that fast. I can do whatever the fuck I want and I don't have to explain it. And I don't have to um, draw merit from it. I guess that that was what came to me. <laughs> and no matter what you're doing, you don't have to, no matter what you're doing, you don't have to tell somebody, oh, hey, I'm doing this today. Yeah. You just do it. You just do it. Exactly. You're just living wrong. You're just living. I can't even believe that. I, I don't totally remember that moment, probably because I was exhausted, dude, because Cause we used to roll hard and I was probably tired, but I definitely, that's, that, that's, that's been the thing with me too, dude. Like I don't, you know, I was working at a fancy bar, you know, learn how to make nice drinks and a chef that I was working with was like, Hey man, you ever thought about being a cook? I was like, Nope. She's like, you want to cook? I was like, do you want to teach me? And she's like, yeah, man. She's like, I'm opening a restaurant in, 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 in Vinegar Hill and I want you to come. I can teach you how to be a cook. Well, she could teach me how to be a cook because I had already learned how to be an organized bar barman. Like I already had those skills of being neat and organized and prepared. And, in you know, I, I took it. I was a professional bartender, like legit. Like I didn't care. Everybody I worked with was either an actor or an artist or a musician, or they were all doing something else, man. I was there to be the best drink maker I could make as much money as I could to live in New York city and train jujitsu. And, 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 and that was, it was what I was doing. But when she said that, I was like, yeah, I can go do that. I can go do that. And then I went and did, and I worked for her, Jean Adamson and vinegar at vinegar Hill house. before that even opened, she sent me to this crazy place of pirates in Bushwick that ended up being Roberta's. And basically it was, uh, a bunch of, of 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 bros and ladies that were just all coming together to try to make this pizzeria you bring your own wine at the time they didn't have a a a, uh, a liquor license and it turned into a machine later on but then it was this little crazy place and i cooked there and then i cooked at her place and, and the same thing with the charcuterie dude, like, it's just like, yeah, man, I want more skills. And, and I don't know why, but as I got older, it became, I really wanted to, to amass the skills 
that I wasn't amassing earlier in my life. Like my dad owned restaurants, so he never built anything. He had people around that did the maintenance and did the thing. So I never learned anything about tools. I never learned until I got to Belcampo and I literally, I was thrown into a, you know, into a, a meat plant being built by, by a bunch of people who that was their profession. But like, man, I don't know if there's anything worth doing Rome and I haven't found it yet. That's not worth apprenticing for. And if you, if, if it's worth doing, it's worth learning from a master. And, and it doesn't matter what, whether you're, you know, a, a sushi maker or a carpenter or, you know, even a, even a, a jujitsu teacher, you, you got to have, you know, somebody that you can, you know, you can look up to as your, as your, uh, and to teach you how to do this. Like, I don't, I, I don't know what, that's how I learned cooking. That's how I learned how to bartend. That's how I learned all these skills. Man, I, I, I'm only 52, Rome. I can learn a lot more things still. Bro, it's crazy that you're 52. It's like, a, it's just like a crazy thing. Cause like, you look like you're in your mid thirties. Yeah, dude. It look like, like, not just you look like, like your energy is like you're in your mid fucking thirties. So what, what were you like as a kid growing up, bro? Oh uh, man, well, when I grew up in Las Vegas in the, in, in the seventies, I was growing up in suburbia, Rome. Las Vegas was like maybe 200, thousand people and it was just had this one little drag of half a dozen casinos but it was suburbia dude i was this little jockey kid that played all the sports you know did judo played soccer uh baseball and that was what went on in las vegas at that time that was like you know um it was just suburbia leagues all the time and i kind of was groomed into being this jock and 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 unfortunately, I, I, I followed that pigeonhole from high school straight through into college where I was just like, you know, I didn't have to study. I could just, you know, be an athlete, which is not true at all. But I had myself convinced of that. And that, you know, without forward thinking that, dude, there's so many better players. There's so many people better than you. And then you get to college and everybody was the best player in their town or in their city or maybe even in their state. And you're like, whoa, dude. So Chuck Pagano, who was the Indianapolis Colts head coach that had cancer and recovered, he's the Bears D coordinator. He was our defensive coordinator. Jim Strong was our head coach. But um, but he he was he was at UNLV and when I got there, uh, he, he was even my position coach, but I was like, everybody was better than me. Dude. So I had to figure out, you know, what can I do to stay on this team to, you know, get a scholarship? Cause I had walked on and, uh, and how do I make myself useful? And it never, from that point on, I realized that you can't just think that you can do this. Like, there's always somebody better, somebody smarter, somebody tougher. Like you gotta, you gotta figure out how to be a hard worker. And, and I, I, it's one of those things that luckily with our kids, like they see hard work going on every day. So they're just going to emulate hard work. And I did see hard work, but my dad was in a restaurant for 14, 16 hours a day. So I didn't see it. You know, yeah. my mom was working hard, but like we were at school. So uh, they're seeing a different thing. And, and, and especially now they're young and, 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 and they, you know, my daughter was born in Las Vegas, bro. She was, Bruno was born in New York city. And then within that next year, uh, we found out that 
Frankie was pregnant again. And I had an apprentice that was ready to take over the gym. And I was, our daughter had a, I don't even know what the defects called, but where it was a small hole in her heart. And um, one of my friends from growing up childhood was a, uh, is one of the foremost high risk uh, pregnancy doctors. Uh, his name's Dr. Paul Wilkes in Las Vegas. You take a high yoga class, you probably come, come across Dr. Paul Wilkes at some point. He's another character. But at any rate, I was like, yo, Paul, my wife's pregnant. Here's the deal. Like, we're going to come back. We're going to have this baby in Las Vegas. And, and, and I ended up back in Las Vegas after being gone for almost 15 years. And I don't know when you moved there, but I was only there. We were only there for like a year. We were there from like 14, maybe to 16. Maybe it was two years or almost a year and a half or something. So I don't know when you got to Las Vegas. Uh, I, moved here, I moved here November 4th, two thousand. 19 when, oh, I yeah. when i separated from my ex yeah yeah that's that's exactly we definitely that's how we missed each other so what was all right so you were a jock what was the first thing that like you really fell in love with you were like that i can see myself doing this even if it was hard even if you sucked at it but like what was the first thing that you were just like this is my shit um i mean it happened so late in life and that was a lot of, of a lot of it was just a process of not, you know, you know, I went to UNLV, I got a hotel degree, I went to work for, you know, the Fertitas, and then it ended up turning into station casinos, like, I was like, all these paths were, these paths were laid out. And, and about, I don't know, two years into my management training program at station casinos, I had, you know, dealt all the games. I had worked on the slot department. I, you know, the, I went through all the, the, the sports betting, the whole thing. And I had a girlfriend at that time who lived in, in LA and her mom had this friend that was an acting coach. And I would come visit and one of these times. She's like, hey man, my friend Bobby Chance is teaching acting. You should just go take one of these classes. They're not, you know, it's you just walk in you take the class it's, it's the, she'll explain everything and i was like uh all right I'll, I'll try it let me go try this so i walk into this class and you know i had no idea that how uncomfortable you could be made like just by being put on a stage staring at, at each other people and 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 i had never felt that kind of discomfort i was just like holy shit like i'm not only am i not going to be good at this because i'm not ready for this i didn't realize this then Roma, but I wasn't ready for this. I wasn't ready to take on somebody else's character because I didn't really even know what my character was. Like I hadn't done enough hard things. I hadn't done enough. A lot of things were easy for me early on in life. And and I did that for the whole time I lived in 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 LA in the early 90s, right after I graduated, right after UNLV in 92, 93, probably in the 95, mid 90s. And, uh, and it wasn't a matter of falling in love with something, but it was a matter of realizing, yo, you got to figure some things out. Like you got to, you know, there are things that are out there that if, you know, you just have to put work in to figure out. And, and that was when, when that bell went off. And, and then after that, it was one of those things where I was just like, well, I can 
I can learn how to do anything. I can, you, you know, if you teach me, I'll, I can learn how to do anything. But I had never just put myself out there to learn because I had all this stuff was mapped out. And I had never, ever thought about being a good cook. Why? Because my dad owned Mexican restaurants run by the, my grandma cooking in the kitchen. So I had a Mexican grandmother that was cooking all the time. And my mother's Italian side cooking all the time. Man, all I had to do was walk in and eat. I never had to think about, thought about boiling water before, but like once I had learned a set of skills that I didn't know I even needed to be a cook. When my friends like, yo, do you want to be a cook? I was like, yeah, man, I can, I can be a cook. And, and it was just from that, from that point on, like I knew, you know, once you and, and cooks can relate to this and I'm sure, you know, anyone that, that is passionate about, about what they do, whatever it is, like, if you want to make it delicious, it can be delicious. But if you're just grinding it out because you're trying to get money to, for whatever reason, if it's just a money thing, it's never going to be as delicious as it could be. And I worked at this rad place in upstate New York called Fishing Game. And um, there was these spoons and on one of them it said, is it delicious? And every time I picked it up, I was like, well, is it? Like, did you make this as good as you could make it? Like, are you proud of what you just made right now? And once you attain, once you're at that level of, of then you're, you, can, you can become good at it. Then you can learn techniques. You can, you can be taught, you know, sausage. You can be taught, you know, di- you know different, different techniques. But you got to be at that almost like, I don't, like, uh, you got to be at that moment where you're like, yeah, I can, I can, I'm ready to be taught. And, 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 and after that, dude, it was just one of those things. Like now, even at home, I'm like, did you just make that as delicious as you could? Or are you just trying to feed everybody? Like make it delicious, you know, make it right. And, uh, it's that whether it's cooking or coaching or, you know, one of those things where if you really care about it enough, man, you're going to be good at it. I, I just finished my, uh, certified functional strength coach uh certification an hour from us here in massachusetts is mike boyle uh, you know world-renowned strength coach you know 30 years in this and pro sports olympic hockey and i followed him all along from far but once we got here for some reason i kind of got gravitated to looking at youtube videos of mike boyle and body by boyle and and i started thinking man i'm here now and even though i can't go there you should take advantage of, of, of this dude's knowledge. And, and, you know, just within the last, you know, couple of weeks, I went through this certification again. And it was one of those things that just, it only takes one thing for you to be like, yeah, I can, I can make it delicious again. Like my, my ankle mobility drill was, was, you know, it was weak. I was just doing it because that's how I had been doing it for a long time. But like, yo, you can make it better. Like there's, you know, and, and, and whatever it is, and I just keep coming back to the same thing, but like it, once, you know, I did this and I was like, yeah, man, I could definitely, you know, my warm up could be better. Like things could be, you know, I can, I can, I can definitely start thinking about different ways that I have been thinking about it for a decade, dude, for 10 years. And, uh, and, and that, you know, that passion kind of got reignited just from doing this thing and it was work you know how to put in work to do it and everything's online now and you know making videos out of the dojo which 
are great, dude. Like as I was making those the whole time, I was like, this is what I need to do for my, you know, as I train people online, you know, it's one thing to train somebody. Like I have clients that I've trained for three years, two and a half years before the pandemic. Like we were doing this because I was moving around, but they still wanted to keep doing the exercise. So I figured out ways that we could do this on FaceTime. And while I was making those videos to send in, I kept thinking like, when are people ever going to come back and get into a gym setting? Like I see a lot of, it might never happen. I don't think so either, Rome. I don't think so either, dude. And it's fine. Like, it's fine because it'll make people more fucking creative and it'll make people less like uh, codependent almost. Yo, dude, big box gyms ruined our fitness. They ruined our fitness. For sure. All they were doing was taking our money and dropping us off in this gigantic 40,000 square foot fit, uh, space that we didn't know what to do except for ride or the bike or walk on the treadmill. And after a couple weeks or months, we get bored and we drop off, but we keep paying them. And it was stupid. And, and it was one of those things that I think you're right. I think this is a correction where people are like, dang, I can do this at home. I need one dumbbell. I need a, a mini, a mini loop band and I need a strength band and somewhere that I can pull and we got this. Like it's one, it's it's one of those things where I think you're right, Rome. And, and you already know, man. You're a gym owner. You had a gym, and and I had, I had and, a few gyms. <laughs> yeah, of course, dude. You you don't you don't. But but I, as I did those videos, I was like, this 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 is one of those things. Like I don't I didn't really want to be in the garage doing that. But after I did it, I was like, yo, man, this is useful. People want to exercise. There are people who don't know how to exercise. And part of the thing that I was teaching, you know, I was teaching the, and when I was in Brooklyn before, even when we were in the apartment, the people that were coming to me were not gym rats. They were reluctant to go to the gym. They, they, they wanted to exercise and do something better for themselves, but they didn't, they didn't want to go to Equinox or whatever it is and nothing against any of those gyms. They just didn't want to go. They didn't, you know, they didn't know what they were doing. So all it took was like showing them, you know, Maxwell's five pillars or showing them, you know, how to forward roll or actually cross crawl patterning things that they were like, like new patterns, basically just like introducing well, but they're them old to like patterns, bro. They're old patterns that they've forgotten because they stopped doing them, dude. We haven't yeah. stopped doing them and people that roll haven't stopped doing them. But the, the real general public has forgotten because they don't, you know, especially if you don't have kids, dude, think about the amount of time when you spend on the ground with your little kids. Yeah, touching the floor. Have kids or don't have kids. Elderly people are never down on the ground. Bro, we're you at 42.4% obesity rates in this country. Yeah. 42.4%. Yeah. Like if they go down to the ground, they're not getting back up again. <laughs> yeah. yeah, dude. Yeah, and 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 that's, you know, that, that that's that's the other side of it is is that that's not that's not an exercise problem no that's what people are putting in their bodies pop or and then their minds too man yeah like fuck like it's not all right man I, i'm gonna go off on a fucking rant right now but like fuck it's like i was talking about this uh earlier and it was just like back in the day it took a lot more to control us than a fucking six to eight inch screen like as men, we, we were required to know how to fight. We were required to know how to hunt or at least to fucking forage. 
um, we were required to, to, to learn how to be punched in the fucking face, to be responsible for our words, to, uh, to take care of our families, to maybe to farm, right? Like whatever it was, like we had things that we did with our fucking hands. We either created or we destroyed. Now we just press fucking buttons or swipe on screens. And all it took was just like a six to eight inch screen. And now everybody's under fucking control with the advertisements. I think they said like now, it used to be like, we used to see 10,000 advertisements a hundred years ago in a year. And now it's in one day. And like, yeah, what we put in our body is super important, but it definitely starts with like what we think about what we put in our body. If that well, makes it's, sense. Well, it's, 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 it's definitely wrong. That's, that's, that's true. And luckily I have been, you know, my partner Frankie has opened my mind to things that have replaced that Facebook, whatever it is, Instagram, you know, you got to do business. She has to do business. I have to do business, you know, whatever it is. But when our kids became, you know, almost ready to, you know, pre pre K age, she found us, she found a Waldorf school in upstate nice. New York. My kids went to Waldorf too. I didn't know anything about Waldorf Rome. I didn't know, you know, it was one of those things. I had no idea what that was. So all of a sudden I started reading about it and head, heart and hands. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, why, why, why wasn't, why weren't we exposed to this? Why, why didn't somebody tell us, yo, it, you don't have to speed into learning. You know, you should learn how to use your hands. You should learn how to use your head and you should learn how to use your heart. And that whole Rudolf Steiner, then you go down the Rudolf Steiner. Biodynamic farming and astro- yo, dude, you astronomy. You go down that rabbit hole. Crazy. He's one of us, bro. Thing, right? It's a, but I'm like, I was on that, but I didn't know about that. You know what I'm saying? Like the farms I worked on were that, but I just didn't know about Rudolf Steiner. So, you know, it's like every time I have a good idea and I think this is my Velcro, this is the one, I got it. And it's like, oh yeah, there's already a patent or there's already something. You were on the right, you're you were on the right track. Like you were, you know, and that's how I felt about, you know, when I started, the more I learned about Rudolf Steiner and and so um I was lucky to be exposed to that. And and you're right. Like and we don't have, you know, there was no TV in our house. We didn't have so there was very little screen time, you know. Um, but like I'd be watching wrestling on my phone dude and it was a gr- it was terrible like I, i'd be watching matches and and i'd just be like oh man this is terrible so at, at some point we did i think my dad came and he's like i gotta have a tv i gotta see this that's he was he spent some time with us and when he left i figured out how to hook the phone up the flow sports to the tv and now i can watch whatever i want but you're right dude it's not it's not about it's not about like uh being controlled by by media and by electronics like and it's hard dude you know i get it it's hard I get it. It's, you it's, know it's, they there's know, you know they know how to get in our heads yo especially now and with doom scrolling and you know it's hard to disconnect and 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 you know we basically live on it's called a pond but it's you know they're jets they're they're people jet skiing and water skiing on our pond so it's like a small lake and it's very serene and 
I sent you a picture the other day and yeah, and it's awesome. really one of those places where you can go sit out in the sun and take get all the free vitamin D your body can take and you know be away from you know something that's going to take your mind into a place that you know Lovato uh, it's funny because uh, I saw a thing of, of, of Rafael Lovato and, and it showed like uh, two different things of, you know, what you're feeding your mind. What are you feeding your mind? You know, are you feeding it negativity and fear and, uh, uh, and, and, and hate? Or are you feeding it, you know, things that are going to make you uh, a better neighbor and, you know, a better friend, a better dad, a better, you know, better human. whatever it is. Like, and, and it's, you know, there are a lot of options out there to try to get those things, but there are a lot of things too that are bullshit. You know, and the bullshit is one of those things that easily turns people off from trying to figure out what, you know, what's, what's really real. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. We're, we're, uh, it's funny. Like we're the most, we're the most connected now electronically and quote unquote online socially, but we're the most disconnected we've ever been in our written history thus far. Um, we have the least amount of friends. We have the least amount of confidants. We have the most amount of superficial relationships. And that's essentially like where it's keeps going. But like, you know, what's funny is like, it's perfect. It's perfect that we have half the country that's obese. Like it's perfect that there's more addiction and suicide than ever. Like it's perfect. Why is it perfect? Because if it wasn't like, all right. So the next question is like, if it's not perfect, then show me perfect. Like if we're made in God's image or whatever it is that, that, that the Bibles and all of them, like all of the different texts say, they're like, Oh, it's like you're made in God's image where it's like, okay, well, if God is perfect or the universe is perfect and I'm perfect and you're perfect. And if that's not the case, then show me what is perfect. Because we have this idea of perfect, pure, uh, virgin, where it's like, maybe we have to go through this. Maybe, maybe the fit, maybe the six pack's hiding behind the obesity. Maybe you appreciate the six pack when you fucking struggle and you have a heart attack. Uh, if we were born with all of the gifts and all of the things, maybe we wouldn't appreciate them as much. Or we are born with all the gifts, but actualizing them. I don't know well, if that makes sense. Well, well if, if, if you would stop waiting for to be shown perfect, you might actually find it. If you just start just, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, like you said, show me this. Well, no, you be in charge of you. You be in charge of, of finding what makes you happy. You, and like you said, you might have to do a lot of things that you don't like to do. And a lot of things that are not fun and a lot, but like. Yeah. How can I it, enjy this? It, it's it's up to you to figure this out. You know, very few people are going to be hand walked into their dream life, For and sure. and 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 the rest of us, you know, you got to work at it, bro. And 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 that's one of those things that like every time I, you know, see you or hear about what you're doing, and when you were in Costa Rica, and now that you, I smell and see, you know. I see photos of you in in uh, Red Rock, and I'm like, "Yeah, dude." I'm like, "This is that's what I'm talking about." Like, 
those are things like I grew up in Las Vegas, dude. I could probably count on one hand in 30 years how many times I went to Red Rock. And it was, you know, maybe the, the, the max of one hand, five. And I didn't appreciate Red Rock and I didn't appreciate the desert until I moved to New York City. And the first time I came back, I was like, whoa, like there's beauty here. And there's just like, you know, pick your head, pick your head up, pick your head up. And, and, and when we were in Marfa, Texas, uh, this past, whole past year, and I was doing a pop-up gun club and, and basically was like a, a, like a Ronin cook. I was like the, I was like the dude, the New York city cook that was in town that if you, you know, that you had an event or, you know, you had, you're somebody it was drunk or somebody, you know, you call this dude, this dude could come and cook. So I was, I was hustling, but I had this, this gig and, and, and far West Texas is so beautiful, dude. And I don't, you know, Frankie went to big Bend national park. She went to sport Davis park. Yo dude, dinosaurs walked in those parks, just like they walked in, just like they walked in red rock. And, you know, I didn't go to the park that much because I was working my tail off. I was training people online. I was, I was cooking. I was, uh, I was also, uh, I was also, you know, working at this, doing this pop-up gym. And one day we had a, right at the new year, like January 1st, these friends from upstate New York, whose kids went to the same schools as our kids, uh, they came into town. And uh, this dude is a shaman, he's an ayahuasca shaman, and his wife is a Chinese medicine uh, OD. She's a doctor of Chinese medicine. I don't, I, don't, I don't know what the initials are. But they came to visit and just on a whim, like they saw where we were and that we got to go check this out. Right? So they come out and, you know, I'm in the busiest busiest just grind of the new year marfa is a tourist town it's packed i'm cooking 12 hour days like just you know just grinding not really loving anything that i was doing but doing it the best i could and that's what that's what made it hard and i remember one morning the our friends were coming by to uh borrow my truck to take it out i don't know what rio grande or i don't know where they were going but um, in between my training and my going to cook, Frankie went and had a coffee with them. And she came back and as they were switching stuff from their car to my truck, she's like, I just took some mushrooms. <laughs> I love it. I was like, what are you talking about? I was like, I'm, I'm like, literally I'm looking at like Bruno pulling something down and I'm getting dressed. I'm, I had just, you know, finished training somebody that was tired. I'm like, what are you talking about? I was like, you just did what? And she's like, yeah. I was like, have you ever taken it before? She's like, no. And I was like, what? And she's like, he's a shaman. And I was like, you know what? You're right. He's a shaman. Like if somebody's going to, somebody's going to give you mushrooms, you've never taken mushrooms. Like, let it be a shaman, dude. For sure. So, 100%. Right? So I was like, I was like, dang. And he's like, bro, 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 you, come on. Dude. He's like, I've got all this. I brought all. I was like, uh, all right, man, let me just, let me just grab a little tiny stem cap. You know, and this might be my, my, my micro reset. 
of what's going on. And they took my truck. And by the time I left, Marfa's a small town. I'm like, yo, I'm, I'm going to walk today. I'm going to walk to work today. And it was maybe a 15 minute walk. You could walk end to end in 30 minutes of the whole town. And by halfway into the walk, I looked up at the vista of far west Texas of Marfa headed towards Alpine. And it was beautiful, dude. It was beautiful. And I was like, that second I realized, oh shit, dude, you're on mushrooms. And two, you just took the time to look up. You're either riding your bike so fast to get to work and you're already thinking about your prep list or you're, you know, it's freezing out and you're riding to the gym and you're trying to figure out how you're going to set up for your client right into your class. And I walked to work and I had my head up and I was looking, I was just like, and every time I drove a road down that street again, I always looked at that Vista because it's beautiful, dude. The desert of far West Texas going into uh, Southern Mexico, dude, was beautiful. And, and it was mind blowing and, and, and both Frank and I miss it all the time. Um, but it was one of those things, like it just took that little thing, you know, that little thing to make me pick my head up, change my, change my disposition. I mean, that could be a cold shower, bro. That could be, you know, it's the, the, the main thing is, and, and I, I somehow, I, I, I got, I got sidetracked on this, but, but no, no, when no, you were talking, when you were talking about how people don't, they don't know how to how to defend themselves they don't know they man they don't know how to roll they don't know how to fall down let alone do they know how to defend themselves but also like they just people just want to be comfortable and it's one of those things like the more comfortable we're getting i just feel like the more the wheels are coming off and it's it's and it, I'm not saying everybody go train jujitsu, go do, you know, go skydive. No, man. Like I said, start with taking a cold shower. Go, go turn off the hot water for a week and see if you can be uncomfortable for a week of taking hot shower or cold showers. Like, you know, it doesn't have to, it's just little things. Like I think if people would just be uncomfortable a little bit more and like you said, spend a little, little less time on the medias and a little less time you know, trying to put negativity into their mind. Um, it, 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 it's just simple, as simple as that. Like you can do something real easy. It's, it's simple. It's not easy, you know, because um, one of the things that we're missing nowadays, I believe, is like elders. Elders to teach us traditions and rituals. Elders to like to teach us what worked in the past and whether we use it or not is like cool but like we have fucking seven minute abs like we're in a rush to do everything right and it's like this crazy this crazy thing that like nothing like for me right now like my life my whole life is a ritual like even when i piss when i piss i have a ritual way that i piss now when i take a shit i have a ritual way that i shit and like and, and the only thing that the ritual does, yeah, maybe there's benefits, but the main benefit is something that you just said, you know, and you, at that moment, you looked up at that vista and you looked up and like, that's, that's like the prayer. That's the prayer. Like, that's why people pray or give thanks or gratitude uh, before their meals, because essentially like, 
it it brings you into that moment like you deserve to be here in this moment there's no other moment like there's no destination the destination is i'm going to be dust under somebody's feet at some point uh and and that's it like that's the destination it's like every moment is the moment like this is the moment you've been waiting for these are this is the fruits of the seeds you have planted for years whether you realize it or not you know we're all farmers in our own way just some of us are planting um gmo seeds and some of us are planting some heirloom shit you know and and it doesn't mean that with some work to your soil you can't change your product you can't change sure. what's coming out hundred like percent. You know, even these farms that have been, you know, using the harshest, worst fertilizers for decades, you know, after time, the earth is going to heal itself and things, you know, if you just keep putting, you know, quit putting the toxic, toxicity in things, you can, it, it will heal itself and you'll be able to, you'll be able to, to, you know, put out something that's you know, healthy, it's edible, <laughs> edible. So yeah, right, dude. Like it's you know, and I feel bad because I'm I've got it so good right now, man. I've got farms near me everywhere, dude. And you know, I didn't have that in Marfa. I didn't, you know, not even I didn't even really have the access except for one little healthy market access to natural meats. But like, it's it's the pandemic has made people search that stuff out like oh yeah i can order through the mail and get you know natural meat i can get this you know what are you going to pay for are you going to you know are you going to get that 5g or are you going to spend a little bit more money on your food because you know i don't know what the stat is but i heard it in, in a lecture sometime that per capita we spend you know way less than most you know, countries uh, per person on food. Like we're so used to eating cheap processed garbage for, you know, for very little money that when we have to pay for something that was somebody on a farm made and took the time to actually raise the animal, not just pump them up, you might have to pay a little bit more for that, but is it not worth it? Is it not, you know, trying to get people, you know, it's the same thing. Like if you're training people, you're giving people, teaching people, whatever it is, like what you've, you know, the, the amount of time you've spent learning to do whatever it is you do is worth something. And it's worth something, you know, you're only as you're only worth as much as your no. At what point are you gonna, you know, when you say no, I, I just can't do it for that amount of money. Like I, I, I it, it takes my energy and my time and my, you know, whatever it is, talent. It's, it's got to make sense, and it's got to, you know, and I'm speaking purely for myself, and and and. I'm not trying to be rich. I'm just trying to live and I'm trying to be able to have the things that I would pay for. And I want, you know, like farm food and, you know, like, you know, quality teaching, whether it's like through a shaman or through, you know, trying to take, you know, spending the time and money and effort to do the next certification, just because the coach even needs a coach, dude. 
when you stop realizing that and like you said elders i don't even have grandparents dude let alone elders and my grandparents who came from mexico uh to colorado to open their first restaurant you know they didn't even teach my dad spanish because they wanted to assimilate let alone hold on to their own cultures you know they were as fast as they could trying to assimilate so that they could you know keep living that dream but once you you know you can you know it's okay to pay for those things that you know you're gonna end up you know professional development if you you know but it's really personal development you're really you are your best investment the best investment you can make in yourself yeah man so whether it's food you're putting in your body or medicines or whatever it is man let it be the best yeah a hundred percent you know uh when you were just talking about the um people paying you story um the one thing that comes up is the story that I, that I uh, read years and years ago, but I come back to, and it's about this plumber that comes to somebody's house because their pipe is clogged and he comes to their house and they're like, Oh, my pipe is clogged. And he takes a wrench and he hits it and it starts working. And he's like, all right, $350. And they're like, $350. You were here for five minutes. He goes, the reason I was here for five minutes is because I've been doing this for 15 years. You're not paying me for five, my five minutes. You're paying me for my 15 years of experience. And yes, that, sir. That, that's it. Like, don't get, like, there's no need to get paid even by the hour. It's, yeah. you want this result? You want to learn this? Yeah. You pay. Yeah. And, 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 and energies. It's, it's, it's always difficult, too, because it seems like the people that care the least about it, like, you know, you know, you, you, it's a business. Yeah, it's a business. Like there's a lot, you know, you still have to make money, whatever, but that's not why you're doing it wrong. That's not why I'm doing it. No, I love it. But you know, also we got to live, bro. Yeah. Well, there has to be an equal exchange of energy. Okay. You can't pay. Great. What can you do? What is harder? Yes. Like, what do you have that I want that I need? Oh, yeah, you don't have anything? I, I'm sorry. Like that. Like it, go get something that I would need yeah. or want, and that because that that literally is how it's always worked. Money is just an exchange of energy. I don't give a fuck if I'm teaching jujitsu and you bring me a grass-fed fucking cow, and that's your payment, you know, or whatever it is that I'm teaching. You would love that, dude. That would be great. You would love that. That would be great. I don't have to go and get it. I know it's coming from a place with love, you know. Um, yeah. I know you've gotten attention and intention. You're a farmer. Great. Bring that. Oh, you yeah. you have a goat? You have a goat milk? Great. Bring me goat cheese, you know. Um, Yo, like- dude, I saw that. I saw that firsthand living in France and, and, and on, on Sundays when there were no markets and, you know, everybody kind of chilled. Uh, they would have a dinner and their goat farmer would bring goat cheese and we would bring pork and the flower farmer would bring a bouquet and the winemaker would bring four bottles and everybody had something to offer. And I was like, yeah. Remember when you were talking about perfect, bro? That's perfect. That's perfect. Everyone has That's something perfect. to offer. You're everybody, perfect. Everybody, everybody, we're, we're all getting, you know, not only just our basic needs met, but we're having things that are making us happy made by people that we like. We're thriving. And, like that's and, thriving. And, and barter, like you said, dude, when I was in Brooklyn, a quarter of my business was barter. Like we could eat 
anywhere in in Fort Greene or Clinton Hill almost and we'd be signing because I was training the chef or the owner or you know what I'm saying so I, I this is I love it I wish that like you said I wish we were on that and 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 Frankie does a lot of that too and and you know she she barters for her uh her her essences and if she makes a mushroom essence and she's got somebody that is a tarot person and they exchange they exchange what they do and it makes people want to develop new skills because then you're like well my uh my skill of i don't know stock trading isn't fucking useful it is now it is (laughs) it is right now yeah it is right now for sure so but if it was on that system yeah you know yeah, what I but mean? there there might be a point where it won't be, and and if it's not, then what are you going to do? Like you said, what can you do? We don't know how to and, do anything. Yeah, you know, but 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 you know what's awesome is you hear these stories about people that were like investment banker that became a cheesemaker, or you know they're smart people. They're going to learn. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just gonna. I just think it'll be. It, it, it's if if that was our if that you know it's it's probably not super realistic, but if that was our economy. And and it was based on like what do you have to offer? Like, I'm in. Yeah, and, and it doesn't in. have to be like take away money. Like you could still have money. I think it's I think both are great because one yeah. is like a general like if you are a yeah. stockbroker, bring your money. We're happy yeah. to take your money. But if yeah. you're a farmer, we're happy to take your grass fed cow or your acorn yeah. fed hog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. even shared a tractor, dude. We, nobody could afford the you know three hundred thousand dollar tractor, but between the the cow farmer and our pig farm and you know somebody else that had uh goats we could all buy it and then we just shared it and you know we end up helping each other harvest and stuff and it was a pretty cool way to live and it was one of those things where i was like man i don't mind hard work like i can get into this I, I can it. get into this because I don't, you know, I, I like doing this and, and, and I can, I can trade my, my skill set for other, other things. Yeah. And you see your worth because you are worthy. You are good enough. Like you are an incredible human being. And I'm saying that about you and also the listeners. Like, I really do believe that you have an immense amount of skills an immense amount of uh, experiences. Like you, you are such an interesting character, bro. Like you're for sure. If the Simpsons were like taking on new characters, bro, like <laughs> Greg Ramirez would be the fucking lead character, bro. Bart Simpson, yeah. go, go take a vacation. Yeah, man. Hope, hopefully they dr- hopefully they dress me back up like the like the Ruska. You didn't <laughs> you didn't that picture I sent you yesterday from the the John Wick three, Russian Ruska number one or 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 three i don't know which one but like that was like another one of those things like wait, where, wait so you were in john wick yeah dude that was that Shut picture the fuck I up I, I thought it was yeah. just like you were just like giving a name to that bro that picture no, is so dope. Dude, no no dude so that 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 was one of those things where like i had a friend that i was training that owned a pizzeria in brooklyn but his in his before he had that there, he, he, his partner is a, is a chef, Speedy Romeo, and, and they're my dudes. And yeah, I remember about, them. I went there when you were celebrating. Um, what's yes, it? dude. That was, yes. The guy yes. from Entourage. Yes, dude. So any, any, at, at any rate, oh, the man, 
that dude sent me a really good article about what psychedelics have taught me about the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna send that to you. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good. So at, at any rate, um, this dude it was also a casting agent, and I was living upstate, and he he was texting me. He's like, "Yo, do you know anybody that knows Sambo?" And I was like, "What in the what?" I was like, I was riding my bike or the airdyne or something. I looked at it and I was like, no, but I know leg locks and with like a wink. And next thing I know, he sent me to this casting and they end up getting, they end up getting like a, a real Sambo coach from maybe the Bronx dude or somewhere. Do you know, do you know his name? Do you remember his name or no? No, but I, I, I will. But he was, he's also the head. If you want to be a stuntman in New York, and this is the dude that teaches like stuntman stuff. Oh, that's he was awesome. a cool guy, and he brought all his sambo players and all their, all their. I don't know if you saw the movie, but uh, I, but I, at I any rate, John Wick movies. I, at any rate, they're like, yo, you know, we're gonna use you for this part as a as a bodyguard, as one of the Russian bodyguards, and I didn't end up getting to use any leg locks, but I was like, yeah that's cool. But like, I live three hours way upstate. Like when you're doing the fittings and stuff, they're like, don't worry about it. I was like, we'll give you plenty of notice. And I was like, yeah, I also have two kids at home. My, my wife is working. They're like, yeah, I'll bring them. No problem. So dude, that, that picture I sent you where I was yeah, holding yeah, my yeah. two little ones, that was, I brought them into this, you know, this is a big ass production dude. And they walk in, there's just rows of geese, like Sambo, red and blue song, Sambo geese. Oh, rows. I remember that part. I remember that part when they were yeah, training in the- um, Yeah, in the dude, they had, they're training the kids, rows of, of ballerina outfits. My kids are freaking out. They're, you know, they're loving it. And that's that picture I sent you mm -hmm. of me at the casting. And then the next, the next picture I sent you was a screenshot from the movie. And it was funny enough as I happened to be working in New York city two years ago, commuting from upstate. I would just drive in and work on the weekend and I would stay with a friend of mine who had a place uh, in, in kind of the Lower East side. And there was a new movie theater there. And I went there to see it that, you know, that was where I saw it. And I took that little picture and that was just a total like, one of those things like yo you want to do this i'm like yeah yeah i'll do this i love it and it was hilarious dude. no dude he was super cool though man he, he was on he was always there he worked hard he was cool to everybody but like the real deal is that dude chad stileski and i might forgive me if i'm uh, saying his name wrong but i think he even had an mma fight once but like he was the stunt coordinator in the first one and he directed that one. So he was all, he's also got this, this place in LA and I don't through, it's called something 316 or something. It's like where all the stunt guys train jujitsu roam. Oh, and it's all, you know, and, and I seen picture and I was like, damn, I wish I could train there. I wish, you know, that would be a, that'd be a sick, another like little offshoot of life. But that was, that dude, that dude was super, super like hyper aware of like, you know, he's a fighter. He's a stunt coordinator and he, and he would walk in and we were in these crazy locations in, uh, in Washington Heights in this one. And they walked in, he's like, you know what? Just bring him, bring in John Wick, let's just shoot this. And there was no, 
and then we would just be standing and it was done that fast dude but it was a real cool experience and it was one of those things where i was like yeah dude i'm gonna have that picture for a long time of my kids with me in that crazy outfit dude they put all these tattoos on me and they made sure to take them off every night because they weren't real because they didn't want me to get my skin cut off because i had a tattoo i shouldn't have had on but they were crazy dude and it started yeah i I, I knew you would be so when i came home i would show my kids one time i had you know and they're like oh they're so cool they're so cool and i just started getting tattooed after that and i even met a dude who played the tattoo artist on on in that movie that tattooed me he he was in bushwick too uh, he was in Bushwick and I, and I went down one time and I just kind of went on this tattoo bender where I would, when I was in Marfa, I was trading exercise. You know, I wasn't making a lot of money training because all my clients were hand poked tattoo artists, dude. Ooh, so I was trading, uh, so I was trading, so I was trading like exercise to these rad ladies that would in turn hour for hour, give me these sick, hand poke tattoos do you know there's a guy i used to train with he's a black belt now under josh i believe his name is shinji sakurada and he's from new york uh he was on like those tattoo shows and stuff he's a tabori artist from new york he used to do some sick shit and he was a savage on the mats too bro savage like a really? fucking samurai. Yeah, savage. Savage on the mats. Me and him used to go to war. Yeah, dude. I bet, man. I bet. <laughs> I love I that shit. <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah, that's, you know, it's one of those things I miss. I, I miss a lot, especially since, like, you know, I'm not training. Uh, I, I mean, I see a lot of people training. And it makes me happy for them that they're training. You know, that, I, I'm, 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 I'm really happy to see people training because I miss it. I miss it a lot, but like also, you know, I'm trying to, I'm trying to keep a a low profile as I can right now. You know, my daughter has asthma. I don't want to go train and, you know, expose her to something I don't need to, you know, if it happens, you know, it's going to happen, but it's not going to happen because I was training, but I miss it, dude. I miss it. I miss it a lot. What does your daily life look like now? Um, so what time uh, do you wake up? What time do you go to sleep? What kind of food? Uh, do you eat? Man, I, I'm 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 not one of those dudes that doesn't practice what he preaches, Rome. Like I, I'm on my my life is is the same one that I put out there. Like I I at least get eight hours. Like I at least get eight hours of sleep, and 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 my kids get up early, so that means I got to go to bed early, and and that's no problem for me. But like in the mornings, and it's pretty cool because my brother is here visiting. Um, from Las Vegas and I'm training him in the morning. So like, we'll get up when I get up after I make the kids breakfast and um, I'm like you, dude, I got my routines. I got my, my, my things. And, and, uh, and I will get up and, and, and get the kids sorted, get some nutrition in them. And, and, and I'm a total dork about coffee and I, uh, I hand grind, Frankie, uh, uh, a coffee and hit it with the oils and, uh, and the Sigmatics and, and, I love and, it. and all the things she doesn't do the dairy. So I'll, I'll use the Laird's creamer, which mm-hmm. is badass. Did you, did you try the new liquid one that they came out with? Laird's? Yeah. So no, we're running through these bags and I will. Cause Bro, we, 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 the liquid yeah. is fire. Word. 
word. Okay. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna note to self. Okay. Um, and after I do that, I'll come into the I'll come into this space which I've created now. This is the best biggest garage I've had, dude. I live in New York City, man. I haven't had a garage. I was doing this in my living room. I would have a bedroom, a bathroom, and my living room was matted out. Now I actually have a garage space with uh, with stuff from my old gym. So I've got like a rack. I've got you know all the things I need to teach dumbbells. I've got you know, Oli bars and everything that I need. Um, but I'll come in here, man. I still get my Wim Hof on in the morning. I'll, I'll try to get th at least three rounds in um, before I get started, if I have time. Um, I really got into uh, hanging, overhead hanging um, for an impingement that I had in my shoulder. And dude, I might've got addicted to it. Cause I was, I was doing it every single day and I was just hanging and it was just part of my day. And I just did it. Cause that's what I did. I got up, I breathe, I did my breath work. I, I would hang. Um, but like I've since backed off a little bit and maybe just only do it twice a week, but I'll come in here. And then after that, I'll start training clients. Like depending on time zone, um, I'll start teaching people online and um, I'll do that from probably about eight to about, uh, I can get two or three in before noon and then I carve out, you know, my 40 minutes, 45 minutes. Uh, if it's stretched out, I can do 50 minutes, but I'll get mine in every day. I'll get my exercise and, and, and I do the same thing that I teach, man. I'll do some strength work. Um, the only conditioning work I do is, dude, well, I'm a 52 year old, like wrestling nerd now, dude. I'm, I can't even believe it, dude. My wife is, she's like, dude, all you do is watch wrestling. What's wrong with you? But I like, I didn't wrestle. I didn't get to wrestle. My only exposure to wrestling was getting my ass handed to me at jujitsu by wrestlers. Right. And then luckily as I got better at jujitsu, you know, I could better deal with it. But like right now, the only conditioning I do. And, and, and another thing is like, I want to, I want to be able to teach my kids how to wrestle. Not only jujitsu, man, I want to teach them wrestling. So I've really in, uh, ensconced myself in a lot of wrestling stuff. So my conditioning is all footwork, dude. I do a lot of shadow wrestling. I do a lot of stance and motion. And it's and people are hanging up on this right now. Um, people, people, are like, people are like, yo, dude, this, this dude talking about stance and motion. But like, I do a lot of that for my conditioning right now. And I also have an airdyne. And then usually I get done by about noon and then I can go back in and that's when I break my fast. Um, I love it. Yeah. I usually go from about, I start, you know, I'll have my, my ACV drink first and then I'll be grinding my coffee at the same time. And dude, Rome, we're talking about creamers and stuff. I got raw milk. Now I get raw milk. Nice. So my thing was like the inflammation I was getting from dairy is less or non-existent when I'm just drinking raw milk. So it's not a lot of bad people. Nobody can get raw milk, right? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you some stuff for the inflammation. I have okay. some really good stuff. Okay, but like I'm I'm real lucky. I can get raw milk, so I do my coffee. Um, I feed the kids, and then I might have one or two more clients in the day. And dude, I really try to spend from about noon to one here on the East Coast in New England out in the sun. Like my kid, my kids are playing in this big yard and I really do like 
like to get out there no matter how cold it is and get my sweatshirt and my shirt off and sit in the sun and soak up those vibes of the of the sun and really get that that real vitamin d and that's like the first time that i'll take in my day to be like okay man you know take a breath chill you're not making food for anybody you're not putting your energy into the people that you like trying to make them strong you can sit here in the sun and just relax and and that's what i do and then i'll go bang out a client or two more and then you know dude and then i get on dinner prep room i'm an, i go right straight into what does like, that look like what is your, uh, what what are your dinners look yo, like? dude example? i'm just so lucky and, and i don't know you know we were in texas and and, and where we were was was remote and you know we couldn't get some things but we were lucky because we could but i know a lot of people for a while couldn't get meat they couldn't get you know let alone good meat dude they were having a hard time but we have a lot of stuff so frankie will go to the farms or the farmer's market on Saturdays and then on Sundays, I'll start, you know, planning the meals out for the week. And and I'm gonna turn this into a cooking show for a minute, Rome. Um but what home cooks don't do, and what I would tell every home cook, especially somebody like you, that's getting good meat, when your meat comes, it's like cryovac. How how do they and, and yeah, as soon as you can get it out of that cryovac, dry it off with a towel and set it on a rack in your fridge, no matter what it is. If it's a heart, if it's a whole chicken, man, I've got a ribeye right now. Like when fridge. I'm ready to cook it? No, dude. As soon or as just you right away. Okay. As soon as you get it, you might not cook it for four days. Dude, I'll put a, I'll put a, I'll put a ribeye in my steak for no less than four or five days on a rack. And I just flip it over every other day or something, but really dry it out. Like, but what home cooks don't realize is that by getting that like chicken skin dried out, you don't have to do anything. Salt it and throw that in a hot ass oven for 90 minutes, spin it halfway through. And that skin is going to be like glass. People are going to be blowing their partners and friends minds out once they start drying their meat off so i'll start doing I, you could have just left it at blowing their partners <laughs> yeah yeah right so 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 i'll start I'll, I'll usually have you know meats in the fridge and, and vegetables in the fridge especially when we had the csa coming so i would have to plan out like how am i going to use all this stuff and make stuff that my kids will eat and then you know my daughter will basically you know she'll eat any kind of meat I put in front of her for as long as I, you know, doesn't even matter. She's been eating a brisket that I made that two days ago, like nonstop. She can't stop. And my son will eat it, but he'd rather, you know, he'd rather have, uh, have some kind of a, a carb so he can have what he, what he wants. But I basically will set it up to where I can make a vegetable, stew like a kachati i can do a boiled man boiled meats wrong wait till i turn you on to boiled meats bro like get yourself a brisket and cut it in thirds and then wrap the other two thirds and dry out one piece for a day or so even overnight just get it dry it doesn't matter as much as a steak. what do you mean wrap wrap them in what uh, paper uh, wrap them in plastic so you can uh, freeze them again oh got it right so you just have a portion like a third got it, of it. Got it. you could probably eat for two days and and throw it in a pot with a whole skinned onion maybe two cut up carrots a cut up celery and uh, a bay leaf or whatever you have around and turn it up to a boil 
skim off all that scum is going to come up through. But my trick lately has been is I've been throwing an oxtail, a couple oxtails, or even mm. a bone mill. I'm not getting the canoe cuts that you're getting, fancy guy. I'm just getting a regular uh, bone mill. But I'm throwing throwing them in my soups in the morning, and then I'll do that, you know, while I'm making Frankie's coffee. And by noon, one o'clock, four or five hours, dude, that you've got one, once you strain it out, insane, real beef broth, like real nothing, not even salt. Like I don't salt anything until after, like I don't even salt the broth, none the meat, nothing, just boil it. And, 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 and it'll, it'll literally be this like pulled pork belly type of shit, right? Yeah, dude. Yeah, dude, like a Ropa Vieja or want something mm-hmm. really like shreddy and and also separate yourself out some broth. So that's my everyday. Like I'm either doing that, you know, making some it. kind of a soup, making kind of if I if we've got steaks around, I'm 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 cooking a steak, but I really put a lot of effort into making dinner and 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 we eat early because of my nerdy uh fast, but but like the kids will eat after uh, they'll, they'll eat a second dinner, but like we eat early and after about 18 hours, you know, you're ready to have a good big meal. So I enjoy sure. it. Right. So it's one of those things like, yeah, dude, I'm going to eat something, but I'll eat something good. I'm going to have something that's yeah. delicious. So when you send me these pictures, I was, I was like, yeah, I'd eat that. I was like, yeah, that looks good. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that's always after a fast, right? Like when I'm, when I'm fasting, I'm so present when I'm creating the food, I'm like, this is, this better be fucking good. Like, This is going to be like the best meal that I can, like what you were saying, like, did I give it, is it, is this delicious? Is this delicious? Is this as delicious as it could be? And like that, that's it. Like right now I just made, uh, I just roasted cauliflower with um, yellow bird hot sauce, majestic gar. Well, I put like, I made like a whole concoction sauce, put it on. Uh, roasted it for like 35 minutes and then scraped off all the fucking thing, all the sauce that like, it literally came out like breadcrumbs, the sauce. Mm-hmm. And just put it on some rice, bro. And that was, that was my vegan meal for the morning. And then I, I love got some it, beef dude. heart. I love it. I love it. I love that there's something I didn't even know about you, man. I didn't even know, you know, and you probably didn't even know I was a cook. Like you didn't know what I did. We just went in and tried to kill each other and then hug. Sure. You know, sure. and that was my thing at, at, at Alliance, man. I used to train, you know, we trained hard. And uh, one day the, the, the restaurant I was working at, Vinegar Hill House, got reviewed. And it just so happened I was in the back cooking of the picture they took of the chef. So I was in the background. And some dudes saw it at, at jiu-jitsu and, they, you know, to have a piss, they put this thing up on the board. And I was training with this dude. This dude and I used to try to kill each other, man. He was strong. He didn't know a lot. I was a blue belt. He was a white belt. You know, just gnarly. And but I had been a blue belt for a long time, you know. Um, and he saw the picture. And was like, "Yo, bro, are you a chef?" I was like, "I'm a cook." He's like, "I'm a chef." Man, it was Ignacio Matos. I don't know if you know this dude. Man, this guy is like, you know, one, I don't know how many James Beard awards. He has a restaurant called Cafe Altro Paradiso in 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 downtown New York. He's also got one called Estella. And he's a, you know, at this point, then he was a chef of a restaurant, but he wasn't this world famous chef that he is now. But we used to try to kill each other, dude. We used to try to kill each other. We didn't even know what each other did, but we were bros afterwards. 
and he's like every and you know and that every time you know he and i are still friends that just worked at his place a couple of years ago you know and it was one of those things where it's just like the people you meet jiu-jitsu is the best bro you could be a liberal dude, you could be a conservative you could be gay you it doesn't, could be it doesn't matter dude it doesn't matter because guess what you won't guess what you won't be thinking about while i'm putting my while i put my forehead right underneath your chin guess what you're not gonna be thinking about any of that dude you're gonna be thinking about how do i get this dick off of me for sure. how do i get how do how do i turn how do i turn the tables on this dude you know when we were at uh, at marcello's one time uh professor paul who man i love that dude and we teacher. were so lucky we, we were so lucky to have that dude and 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 every time he taught i learned something but paul one one day there was a, a, a what turned out i didn't really know because i had been teaching exercise i wasn't in the chef world anymore but there's a world famous chef in training and he was a purple belt i was a purple belt he had a gray beard and hair i was an old dude and paul's like yo yo chef chef he didn't speak much english and he's like you guys and we try to kill each other dude we we're rolling hard as hell and um and I didn't know, you know, to me, it didn't matter that this dude had won a Palme d'Or or this, none of it mattered. Like I want, you know, we were just training hard and there was also that extra, like he, I'm old, you're old. Like there's, a, you know, we're two old dudes, you know, still going at this. And uh, what was that chef's name? T Atia? No, he's a black belt now, dude. He, I just saw a picture of him in his black belt, awesome. but he was, a, he was a famous chef. There was a lot of rad people that came through that place. For sure. All right. So this is called the imagination round, bro. Um, they're like short answer formats. Uh, just give like whatever answer comes to you. Very Zen spontaneous. Yes, sir. What is one thing you would love to upload into the minds of everyone in the world? Oh man. I would like everyone to know how to cook properly, dude. I love it. Everyone should know how to feed themselves, man. That's basic, basic, basic. I love it. What is the one book that you find yourself throughout your life recommending the most? Oh, man, there's a book uh, by a dude written in, uh, man, he lived right around the corner from me in Brooklyn. Um, his last name is Dugar. And it's, uh, I think the title is Creating Positive Habits. It was all about habit forming and how to break bad habits and how to reinforce positive habits and, and, and that Dugar positive habits. I think like, I don't know the exact title, but it'd be easy to find. Awesome. What kind of music do you find yourself listening to when you're training now? Yo, do I listen to country music all the time? Bro? I love it. Like who? Um, man, I listen to like old country. Like I listen to either, like I got into this show called the Honky Tonk Happy Hour on the Marvel Radio. That's like everything from Hank Three, George Jones, like um, just old country. I love it. If you had a custom-made ice cream combination made specifically for you, what would it be? Oh man, it would be acai. And sweetened acai. <laughs> I love it. If you were a food, what kind of food would you be? Oh, dude, I would be a, I would be a terrible wild turkey. My meat's my meat my meat's too sinewy and strong. You don't want to eat me. <laughs> I love it. If you were an animal, what kind of animal would you be? 
Man, Rome, I want to be the honey badger, dude. What old guy doesn't want to be a honey badger? Honey badger, don't give a fuck, bro. Don't, man, at all. If you were a vehicle, what kind of vehicle would you be? Man, I would be a, uh, I would be one of those sprinter vans that has like dually tires on the back. Like I, I would be all purpose. I love it. Utilitarian, bro. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Uh, what is your Enneagram number? Are you familiar with the Enneagram or no? Nope. All right. It's a personality test. It's an interesting one. I'll send it to you at some point if you're interested. Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Now, hypothetical. If you were dying, (laughs) what would be your last meal? My last meal would be a, a, a dairy cow ribeye. And that's it, dude. Just the meat and the fat. How would it be cooked? Uh, it would be cooked uh, because dairy cows have this real, you guys can imagine, bright yellow fat. And they don't have a lot of action, so that's not real tough. They just have a lot of fat and a lot of meat. So you'd have to cook it more than mid-rare or you'd just be straight eating blubber. So you got to take it up. To, uh, you'd have to take it to mid-rare, not rare. Rare, you would never get through the fat. But if I get it mid-rare, I'll get through the fat, dude. Nice. I love fatty cuts too, bro. Yeah. Uh, what would be your last experience? It could be as long as you want, as short as you want, and who would you share it with? Yo, man, I just want one and one big family hug. I just want one hug, like like they do in huddles, and like uh, like in a like in a Australian rules football. I just want to get one big one of those. I love it. Last piece of advice for the next generation. Man, learn something from somebody who learned it from somebody who learned it from somebody who learned it from somebody as far back as you can find. Find somebody that has time-tested knowledge. And it could be 100 years or it could just be three decades. But as long as they've been doing it at a high level or, or, or at least doing something that, 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 that you respect, Learn how to do something from somebody. Get a mentor. Get a get a get somebody that can you can learn from. I love it. Uh, the line or word or whatever on your tombstone or your urn, whichever you choose to have. The word you said. The word or the line, like the line on your tombstone. Here lies Greg Ramirez. Man, generous. I just want to be thought of generous, dude. If, I, if people just think of me as being generous with w- whether it's my time or my energy or my knowledge or my effort or my friendship, I just, at this point, man, I just I'm trying to not not be a bad example to my kids, to be a good example. And I think that's one thing everybody could be better at. We could all be more generous with whatever we have. I love it. All right. Is there anything that we didn't cover? Maybe I didn't ask. Maybe you'd like to share uh is there something that yeah oh uh, man rome I, I i can't okay of course i can't think of it now it was just so for me like when you reached out we were just starting our homeschool uh our homeschool project so our schedule was like how do we figure this out how do i also be able to do my things so when i finally was like yeah dude i'm gonna get to rome i'm gonna get i'm gonna get out of rome i'm just so glad dude that we got to catch up and 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 it's so weird how many on how many different 
yes. levels, you know, you can connect with somebody and, and you don't have to necessarily be around them all the time, but like, it's not all, it's not all jujitsu. Jujitsu has a lot to do with it because you meet a lot of good people, but like, you know, you and I are going to be bros for a long time. Just like, just like a lot of, you know, a lot of people can't say that. A lot of people don't have people that are in their life for a long amount of time, but like, I'm glad I met you, bro. I'm glad that I, uh, I got to, uh, I got to train with you and I'm glad I got to talk to you, dude. Thanks brother. I mean, I, I appreciate you. I'm super grateful for this conversation and, and our time together and, and that, um, because of you, I'm not a vegan. <laughs> and also, Yo, dude, stay on, man, I can't wait. Stay on your picture. Send me photos. Get that meat out and dry it, dude. Wait till you, I'm wait definitely till going you, to. Wait till you do this thing. Man, we sh- when I worked at that restaurant fishing game, real quick, the beef heart, we took, one, we took those beef hearts, we dried them off, and we put them on this rack above what I was cooking on at the time was an all-wood grill where I would feed it wood all night, and I could take it up and down. But on the top, there was a rack that I put these two or three beef hearts, and they would just catch smoke all night long. So they just smoked, totally smoked. And when we got them down, the chef was like, oh, dude, did we just ruin these? Like, they turned into, like, super hard. And then the dude looked over, and in that same spoon vein that the is it delicious spoon was in, he grabbed a great uh, like a palm grater, and he grated the beef heart on top of a really beautiful like gem lettuce salad. And I was like, that's what I thought of when I thought of you. I was like, damn, I hope Rome has access to being able to try to smoke something. Well, I wanted to smoke one of those beef hearts and and, and shave it on shave it on some things. Soon, I'm working on a big project uh, moving forward. Uh, I'll share it with you privately. Keep me posted, bro. Um, but thank you, bro. I really appreciate you. I appreciate you more than you can imagine. Uh, thank you. Give your wife and kids big hug for me, bro. And, and honestly, I am looking forward to seeing you soon. So we'll, we'll figure it out. It's going to happen, dude. Back at you, bro. All right, brother. Have a beautiful Peace. day.